0: Hi, I'm Daniel Legeuse, and welcome to Book 101. Book 101 is all about the books that I read for the last 40 years. And today, I have my special guest. He's the author of *Earn The Sunrise, no other than Mr. Scott Hoffman.
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. I appreciate that. Welcome to Book 101, Mr. Scott. Oh, thank you. So I appreciate you having me on. I'm Scott Hoffman. I uh, wrote Earn the Sunrise. Um, and uh, let's see, about, a little bit about myself. I, I I'm I used to be a programmer, computer programmer. I'm still in the IT world. I, I, I mostly am in sales now. And uh, I've always... I, I wrote uh, some... Nonfiction, and I've always wanted to write a fiction book. And this the idea for Earn the Sunrise came to me about 20 years ago. Never really thought I could write uh, fiction, and uh, but I sat down and tried it, um, and uh, ended up uh, publishing it. So,
0: congratulations for your Dabby novel! Oh, well, thank you. What's the big difference of being a programmer or writing a
1: novel? Oh, that's a good question. So, uh, the Being a programmer, usually uh, everything you do is tied to a business requirement, whereas writing a novel, you are able to expand your design uh, far beyond what, um, any, I guess the thing is you can, you're not constrained by reality. You have the, what, that's what I truly love about it is the fact I can, um, I can take something, an idea, a concept, and I can expand upon it to make it interesting. And uh, I guess the only goal is you have to sit down and think about what your reader is experiencing and try and think of ways to keep them captivated with the story. Mix that, uh, this you know, design a world or a circumstance that compels them to believe in the the character of the story, but doesn't go too far as to make them uh, lose their suspension of disbelief. So that's about the biggest difference to me. I, I programming was an art for me for a while, but you know you're still you're always constrained by reality, and usually usually you're coding up something boring. So. <laughs> <That's the difference.
0: laughs> Very well said, Mr. Scott. So, what age do you realize that you're
1: good in writing a novel? Well, I don't know that it. So, I wrote it kind of late in life. I'm in my uh, 50s right now. I wrote my first book back when I was, um, oh, about in, in my 30s, but that was a nonfiction book. Um, the, the, the thing that I I think you get good when you when you apply yourself and you and you think it through and you and you test and you and you study. I, I started listening to I read books about writing by um, Orson Scott Card. Uh, I Brendan Sanderson has a he, he publishes on YouTube his videos of his classes that he teaches on uh, writing creative writing. And I studied those, and i I read about how other people write other authors write and so I sat down and just started doing it um that's really i think what it comes down to is that when you uh yeah i I'm not really sh- sure you know when you i guess you know when you when you do it right when um when you're motivated to finally do it <laughs> so <laughs> definitely
0: i learned from your amazon profile that you are adventurer
1: oh yeah yeah in fact i I appreciate you bringing it up because that did play a large role in uh the experiences i had with the boy scouts taking them on high adventure outings That you know that led to a lot of the parts within earn the sunrise the you know my both my boys uh joined scouting and i um we wanted, I always wanted to, well, they wanted to, and I, the troop wanted to, and I wanted to be able to, to experience more than, um, you know, just what you do when you say, go car camping, you know, that we wanted to do more of the, the more technical, lightweight, difficult outings. And, um, yeah, I, I they're all out of scouting now, but uh, that was, <laughs> I've gotten kind of old to do that type of stuff. But yeah, it was a very big, uh, it provided a very big impact on, um, you know, my uh, understanding and and and, the, and an inspiration to a lot of the scenes within or in the sunrise. Do you think in the future you will write academic book about your adventure? I don't think I will, uh, because the I don't know I. I say that now, but I've, I've thought about writing a nonfiction book about how to do camping, how to do it, but there, there's a lot of books out there already, so I, I probably won't. I'll probably just stick to writing fiction and maybe I'll pull from some of my experiences in future books, but I, I don't think I will though, uh, you know, write any more about, or write about my particular adventures. Yes,
0: so let's talk about your W novel, Earn the Sunrise. What behind the title of your
1: debut novel? Sure. So a, a big part of the novel is that the main characters, a, a few of the main characters, the the young people in the story, um, are experiencing the, you know like they they both of them experience a form of loss of sort a challenge uh, to their to their world view to their life and the 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 boy, uh, Colin is, um, he, he in particular was a uh, fairly weak and he, he didn't have a strong, you know, what's the best way to put it? He didn't have a real, he, he always took the easy way out. He, he tended to, uh, he was going through life and he had some, some problems in his life. And so the, one of the, the main, the other main character, his mentor, um, I modeled after a real life person named Jocko Willink and he is always challenging him to do more, to use more, to have more self-discipline in his life and to exercise and to, and to do uh, to challenge himself, to do something more. And so uh, he would always get up early in the morning and he used the term Uh, you know, he would start running or working out or doing something in order to earn the sunrise. So that's where the title came from. Yes. Interesting
0: indeed. Earn the sunrise. How did you craft it?
1: So the, how did I craft it? I said, I had this idea from years ago about uh, making something where you have some uh, a, a, a story about uh, Boy Scouts or, or young people getting put into a, a, a scouting-type situation, but it's not a normal scouting situation. It's a, In particular, Colin is sent there because he can't make it in a juvenile home, and uh, he's given this last chance. And there's a, a number of um, uh, places where if uh, they, they've been sending – young people who were in juvenile homes to, uh, wilderness camps. And so I kind of modeled it after that. And I said, well, what would have, well, you know, like, how would they, you know, how would you get out of this? How, what's the Bennett, what's the, to the person going there, what's their motivation to try and follow the rules. And I just thought to myself, well, I, maybe I'd put a twist on it. And that is in scouting you in order to, i guess complete your uh, tenure as a scout you can earn the the, the eagle the eagle rank uh, become what's known as an eagle scout and you would do that by performing some type of a uh, a project that benefits the community so in the case of earn the sunrise their projects are uh, performing forms of rescue they do hostage rescue Uh, They work on contract from uh, police departments, small to police departments that don't have a SWAT team or anything like that. So these boys, they're sent to the camp. They learn a number of um, defensive moves through Brazilian jiu-jitsu and Krav Maga. And then in order to earn uh, freedom when they get to be 18, they can do their eagle project, if you will, by uh, performing a rescue. So that's, that's, a, that's a, a lot of the story revolves around that. And then, of course, there's a, a romantic aspect where um, a, a girl, the, another one of the main characters, Avery, is uh, she's sent there be- for a different reason, though. She wasn't sent there because she was uh, a juvenile delinquent, but it was considered to be a, a place of protection because her, her family was, um, her father was a prosecutor and he was going after a uh, syndicate and they murdered her, her parents. So, uh, she, you know, the, the people that knew her parents wanted to protect her. And the only way they could think of protecting her was to get her out of the system, out of the spotlight. So they, they, they were friends with the guy running the camp and they sent her to one of the camps. So, um, I don't want to give away too much, but that's basically the, you know, the underlying part of the story and what happens. And then, of course, uh, it follows through some of the storyline of uh, Colin and Avery. They meet up and while they're camping and along with their troops and. Uh, lots of interesting things happen after that. <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> yes. Interesting indeed. So earn the sunrise, what are your struggles in writing it?
1: Um, I think my biggest struggle was that I had never written um fiction before, so I was trying to make sure that I wasn't trying, I wasn't sounding too stifled or stodgy. Um, I wanted to write dialogue that was believable, I wanted to, I was trying to get into the mind of my characters, I was trying to be dynamic and but make a story that was believable. There was parts where oh like I wanted to represent I wanted to make the characters definitely sound their age and sometimes you you have to you have to weigh you know you can't like for example you as you can imagine you can't sit there and write a character who's 17 years old and always make them sound like a 17 year old because that could get irritating or boring or you know what I'm saying. So a lot of times you'll you know you you'll you'll curtail the dialogue to make it sound more interesting or cool or, but at the same time you want to make sure you don't make them sound too adult like. So that was a lot of what I was uh, trying to go back and forth on. I was trying to make them keep the character interesting yet also make them sound like they should for their age.
0: Yes. Yeah, so. Let's talk about the main character of the novel. What
1: can you say about it? So I would say the, uh the main character is Avery. Um, Avery was a victim. She was the, her, uh, she was very young. She was 12 when her parents were killed and she was sent to the camp. The camps generally have older kids in them. So she was sent to a girl's camp and the camp leader reluctantly uh, took her in because they she understood that she needed protection, and uh, because she started training uh, to learn Krav Maga and and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and these fighting techniques at a very young age, she actually became very good at it. And so, uh, as she you know she's there for five years, six years, and so she became one of the best. Uh, fighters there and and so i you know she's still a um she's small in stature but because of her technique she's able to to deal with some uh, larger uh and more aggressive opponents um so the story follows her uh her transformation going from somebody who was uh lost everything in her life with her parents and her home to now being thrust into this weird situation where she's with a bunch of basically juvenile delinquent girls who are at this camp and doing this hostage rescue thing. And then she gets really good at it. And, but she's, she's different because she's not there as a prisoner. She's there as basically a guest as someone that is living amongst them, but she's trying to, you know, keep that a secret. And then she meets Colin, who is from the boys camp, which is a few miles away. And, 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 you know, there's a, there's a bit of interest there that develops between the two of them, but, you know, she's also interested in trying to, to lead a normal life. And so she's struggling with, you know, what happens with, you know, uh, can I, can I actually go back to it? And, and there's some, you know the story shows that you know maybe the syndicate's gone, and uh, but then you know it, it, there's a you know things change and she realizes there's a new danger she needs to address it, and then she gets caught and she gets um, needs some help and that's where you know sometimes her pride gets the best of her and Colin is is there and 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 so the story kind of goes through this the the how both these these two young people change for her. She's, she's a person that was um, made uh, stronger from a, from a um, tragedy in her life. Whereas Colin is made stronger because he was um, just screwing up basically as a high school kid. And then he ends up getting thrust into this situation where, you know, he, he experienced loss of his family, but it was a different type of loss. So the two, uh, find some affinity and, um, and then they go and they, uh, I don't want to give away too much, but in in short, they overcome some obstacles and they, and they, um, uh, fortunately the, this, the story does have a happy ending. I'll just say that. So (laughs) (laughs) yes, happy ending
0: people. So why there is olive and arrow is this expandable novel?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So they, um, so th- it is a part of a series, um, and that's that kind of comes out at the end of the the story. You begin to learn more about the mentor and what he's doing. So, as a result of that, um, the the story does end, and I'm writing the next uh, novel in the the or the next. I I'm writing a story that picks up where this one ends, and the olive and arrow is an organization that uh Colin's mentor started and um I'll just say he he was he was a retired navy seal and he, he earned the medal of honor and as a result of this um you know this great uh, uh, medal that he earned you know he was able to develop some contacts high up in you know politics and so uh, one of the things that he had wanted to do this is fairly obscure but he he always wanted to get a letter of marque and reprisal in the US constitution the congress can write a letter of marque and reprisal which gives somebody the the ability to basically commit acts of piracy on behalf of the US government so uh, he was able to do that and that's and that's the organization known as the Olive and Arrow so um, that's the, that's why it's part of the whole series and the, and the story kind of picks up along that the next story will pick up, uh, with, uh, our main characters being a part of this organization. Uh, how many series,
0: uh, did you plan to do this, novel? Uh,
1: so I had planned on about three or four. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have a, I have a clear ending that I wanted to, to do, and I have a few, different challenges that I wanted to write about um, right now the, I'm currently in the middle of writing the next story uh, which involves uh, oh the there are characters uh, going off and trying to help the it was based on the real life um, circumstance where the the uh, Nigerian girls in uh, Chubuk, Nigeria were kidnapped by uh, Boko Haram Oh, and back around 2014. And so, uh, they're going to be working to try and help them. So that's, that's the story I'm working on right now. There's probably a couple others, but, um, the, the thing was, I was just, I didn't really have a distinct and a number. I have a number of different challenges that I was going to write novels about with them, but I didn't have a distinct, um, you know, like laid out plan of every each and every novel and challenge that there was. Uh, I do know how I want to end it, so I figured what I would do is is write the stories. And um, I guess either when I decide to take on a new project, or or maybe when it seems like I've exhausted the um, you know the story, then I was going to finish it with uh, the ultimately the ending with the the characters that I was looking for. Very
0: well said, Mr. Scott. So before we go on, I want to shout out to the people listening in the United States, most especially in uh, the state of Colorado. In Denver, I got 96% audience share. Colorado Springs, uh, Fruta, Inglewood, Aurora, Little Layton, Broomfield, Brighton, Arvada, Grand Junction, Glenwood Spring, Loveland, Commerce City, Steamboat Springs, Montrose, Greeley, Longmont, and last but not the least, uh, Breckenridge. Thank you for supporting this podcast because this podcast is created to empower writers all over the world, like Mr. Scott Hoffman. Mr. Scott, who are your favorite
1: authors? Uh, so I really like, um, uh, Hemingway, um, Tom Clancy, Vince Flynn, you know, they, they, they're some of my bigger inspirations for, uh, the action stuff. Um, I really liked, uh, Brendan Sanderson. So I, I do enjoy Well, Sanderson and Tolkien. So I do enjoy the fantasy novels, although I, I don't know, there's so much of them out there now. I'm kind of getting sick of them, but, um, And then uh, I was really heavily influenced by uh, Melville and Poe, Hawthorne. So from more of a classic American um, area. Um, And even in nonfiction, I I really uh, there's I really love uh, military and and intrigue type stories that are uh, because if if the story is really good, it's it, you know, it it can inspire some great fiction. Um, and, and so I really liked, uh, uh I learned a lot by listening to Jocko Willink and, and I've read, uh, some of his works, uh, Richard Marcinko, who is a, um, a, a, a Navy seal, um, had some incredible life story. Um, uh, and then Charlie Beckwith who, who wrote about uh, Delta force. So, um, I'd say that you know, just in general, that's a lot of what inspired me. The Bible, of course, as well. A lot of um, you know, definitely for sure, the uh, you know that was also plays a big role in a lot of my writing. So, if you describe those uh, writers
0: in uh, two adjectives, what are they?
1: Um. Well, I would say that uh, the so for for Hemingway you know, the guy had an amazing life story. Um, he, he, he came up with a new way of, I think of writing the action, action adventure, uh, genre. Um, you know, that I know that people are awfully critical of him, but I, you know, I, I, there's so much of what I read in him that I see in the modern action thriller movie and um, Tom Clancy. Uh, I really liked him as well because his stories weren't just all you know guns and glory it was um there was usually some intellectual aspect to it um so the you know with the with the older stories like poe one of my favorite stories by poe was um the golden bug or the gold or gold bug i think is what it's called and uh, it's just an interesting story, very intellectual in terms of it's an investigation. A lot of people, when they think of Poe, they think of dark, um, you know, poetry and things like that. But he, he actually wrote a number of other things that were very fascinating. So um, I, I guess that's really all I can think of. I mean. Uh...
0: So they think those adjectives, uh, did you get it uh or did you apply it in your writing?
1: So I tried, yes. Um, so it, when you read During the Sunrise, um, I did not, it, it is an action th- thriller and there is a lot of violence and fighting, but I tended to try and focus more on uh, having these characters try and do, try and achieve results without doing a frontal assault, right? Like they, it's not, you're not going to see, you're going to, there is, there are some of the fights and some of the violence are described, but I focus more on the characters trying to think out ways of, of not, you know, uh, dealing with a problem through aggression per se. Uh, There's a lot of um, intrigue about that. So I did try and uh, put, you know, some of the Clancy like, uh, uh, intrigue in place um and you know Brandon sanderson i i i thought always had a great way of, of talking about fights he always said you never want to do a blow by blow description of the fight i do a little but not much he says what you really want to do is 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 put the put the reader in the mind of each of the uh, the people fighting like you know both the protagonist and the antagonist what are they thinking how are they addressing it and then so i I believe that I, I did a, a nice job of of trying to get the reader into the mindset of of what was happening when something dangerous or or violent or a fight or or something that you know is very stressful is happening and what what's going on in each each character's mind. Yes,
0: and according to Mr. Justin Moore, great book, Exciting read. Earn the Sunrise is a well-written and captivating book that takes readers on an exciting journey filled with twists and turns. Wow. Congratulations, Mr. Scott. So what are the elements in the story that make your readers glued to it?
1: So I think that the, the what, what will keep the readers glued to it is an investment in knowing or uh, the, the characters. So the, my stories are very character driven. Yeah, they're, you're going to, um, you have characters who are experiencing a number of struggles. Um, I think that my characters are also uh, can be, uh, you know, other people can commiserate with their experience in some ways, their challenges. Um, so that, I think that's part of it. I think the story also provides some, uh, it, it's not a typical story. So I also include some spiritual aspects of it. So it's, it's not just a situation where there's violence and romance. There's also, uh, challenges about right and wrong. And, and the characters struggle with some of that. Some characters struggle with, um, there is some Christian components in it. Not all the characters are Christian. there, there is. It's not a Christian book per se because there's cursing in it. There's uh, a lot of things that would not normally be in a Christian book, but uh, there are people who are. There are characters that are. So you've got some of this. Uh, these conflicts that are occurring between oh, uh, characters that I think can be consistent with what people – May uh, consider relevant today, and so um, you know, as, as as well as I also try and make sure that the the challenges and the the story, the um, you know the problems that exist seem real to the reader. So I, I think that's what keeps the would keep my reader uh, connected, and there and there's a little bit of um there is some romance and a little bit of uh, <laughs> occasional. <laughs> teenage humor so um you know it is a young adult story so you do get a little bit of that in there oh wow
0: and according to
1: a West, neat premise and
0: characters to root for take the warm inspiring feel of hallmark movies oh do you think that your novel is a good for a movie or a series
1: I think it is. Uh, I would agree. It it is very, I mean, it's a, it is an action thriller and there's a lot of, um, scenes that would, uh, you know, probably do well on the big screen. Um, so I, I think that, I think the, you know, the, the other, I wanted to, that was a, a, a big part of what I wanted to do as well. So I wanted to immerse the reader into environments in the wilderness um, so you got a little bit of that going on, but you also got, uh, you know, scenes that take place within the city and, in, in other places. And you've got some fairly uh, interesting scenes with helicopters and of course the hostage rescue that they perform, some of the adventures they go on. So, um, I, I would think it would be very, very well suited for the big screen for, because of that. Yes, So are you the writer to plan first before you go to at uh, the deep end of the story yeah that's a good question so i would say you know, my my method is to to do a little bit of both what what i find myself doing is i do i do um, put, create a an outline and uh, I try and make it as detailed as possible. I try and think of uh, you know the conflicts and what I expect to happen. and I, I also uh, create um, a, a, a dossier of every character and their motivations. and and then I sit down and I start to write. And when I write, I don't usually follow the outline. So' <laughs> I'll, start to, I'll start to I'll put my mind into, the scene or the character, and I'll think, yeah, that's great, but they would say this, or they would think that, and I just start, um, it starts to flow through my mind uh, what, you know, what could happen, and I I probably, I mean, I'm kind of close, but uh, usually I I do change it up a bit, and I'll probably revise it maybe another, oh, at least five times, it seems like. (laughs) I think I wrote 13 13 revisions on um, Earn the Sunrise.
0: So you are a combination of being a gardener and are an architect, because one of my guests, uh, Steve Thread, he usually do as a gardener, he just write and write and write, and then uh, reigns in the letter. And then he wrote lots of like 19 novels. And they think that is one of the uh, good effects of being a gardener as a writer.
1: Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean that the I, I I think that's a good depiction, and and I've heard those analogies used before, and um, I I am a combination of both. The you know the, the the you're right in that the well the downside, or some people view it as I view it as a downside. I did cut out a lot of material, and that material I've kept, and I was thinking of producing another novelette from it, or or a possible novel. Uh, But, um, you know, when you're a gardener like that, that's what happens. You know, you can create a you may you might end up writing a bunch of stuff that you end up stripping out later on. So what are your goals, uh, short term goals and
0: long term goals in writing?
1: So my short term goals are to um, I want to finish the next book in this series. And and then I was going to write another book which i've already outlined that does is not part of this series it, it would be a, a completely different story and it was going to be more of a um a, a an adult level uh uh, side, uh side, I, I would call it more like oh, probably a, a psychological thriller uh but um it would have some action and romance in it but but in the short term, though, I, I do I, I want to finish the this book that I'm writing, the next one in the series of the Olive and Arrow series. That's the Sambisa Forest rescue in uh you know in Nigeria. Wow, crossing my finger
0: <laughs> that all your goals in life will become true, Mr. Scott. So before we go, and I'm inviting you to listen to my other podcast, Music One Hundred and One. Music One Hundred One is created to empower uh, musicians, singers, or all the people. Let's say legendary in music industry. And listen to my latest episode with Mister Rick Delarada, one of the finest singer and pianists in terms of jazz. So please do listen. Music One Hundred One plus one more. It's already spring, people. So please do have a copy. Oh, my spring flowers is available on Amazon and leading online bookstores worldwide. So, Mr. Scott, you are indie or a traditional publishing?
1: So, my first book, the nonfiction, was a traditional, uh, but that was many years ago. I wrote this one as an as an indie author, though.
0: So th- what do you think uh, is the big difference of being traditional or indie?
1: <clears throat> so I would say the biggest difference is, is that uh, with indie, I can reach out directly without following the rules. Uh, traditional publishers are always going to want something that is like the last big thing, but just a little bit different. And so you, and, and it takes a long time to get published and you don't have a lot of control, uh, especially if you, if you're not a well-established author, like for example, this is my first nonfiction book. So I wouldn't have a lot of control over, I mean, I can write the story and I can, you know, I'm saying I can, I can put, uh, I can make it go the way I want it to go, but I probably... If I had gone tradition, there probably would have been a lot of things in this book that would have got cut out. Uh, and, and it wouldn't have had anything to do with trying to make the story flow faster. It would have probably had more to do with sensibilities of certain organizations or, or, um, you know, what they know that it would take to put it into a particular bookstore. So, um, you know the, the but at the, at the on the other side of it you know traditional publishers um you know they do they tend to do i think well they actually do something with the book but you know like in terms of marketing it uh well or you would hope i don't know i've been, again I've, I've been reading some horror stories about other authors who did get uh traditional uh contracts and then they they write a book and then the publisher, maybe, you know, there's different people in charge or maybe it got sold or changed hands. And then they, you know, it's, it's someone else's project at that point. And then the person in charge doesn't care about it. They don't promote it. They don't try and help it. So, and, but then there's, you're stuck with that, that, uh, press. So I don't know. I kind of think nowadays, maybe, maybe going the indie route is the best way, but you do have to work hard uh, to market yourself and, uh, you know, that's, I think that's the, that's the biggest downside of being a uh, indie publisher.
0: Yes. So, Earn the Sunrise as your debut novel, what did you learn from it?
1: I, I, I learned a great deal about the process. The, so although I had written a book before, it was many years ago and it was traditional publishing. And I, and then my role in that was I would write and then I'd have these editors basically correct my writing um but i never you know it's like i never really uh was part of the all of the minute details about everything from cover to you know getting it out there into amazon or the the the, the, you know every every little every aspect of this whole project i had to learn and know and develop i i did you know for it i had to do the uh, the layout, the, um, you name it, you know, you, there's just every part of this along the way. You either have to hire someone to help you, or you have to do it yourself. And, um, so I learned a lot in that. I learned a lot about, um, writing, you know, like I had mentioned before, I, I came from a scientific uh, computer background. I'm an engineer by education. And so I didn't have that. I, I tended, I would, I was, my writing was, was, I I guess, oriented toward that type of environment. So, and, you know, when I moved into fiction and I wrote this book, I had to challenge myself to develop a completely different writing style. I had to start to think about things, uh, bigger picture things, things that I hadn't really ever considered before in my other writing. So, uh, I, I learned a lot about it in the process. I'm really, uh, quite excited about, um, writing more, I, I, I think, you know, because of these challenges, I, and the, the other aspect of it is just, just thinking about trying to make a story and, and keeping your reader entertained is just, I think, a very, uh, difficult, uh, level of design work that I guess I, it, it's, it's, to me, it's like designing anything, like a computer program or, a, you know, a, a design, uh, that I would have done when, designing something, you know like a, a an implementation of software but yet in in the world of fiction you have the ability to uh just come up with so many intangible things you know you got characters that are imperfect or they don't always know what truth is or understand they're confused and angry you got emotions that are happening you got conflicts that are sometimes valid. You know, there's just so many different things that make it so that you have to really think things through, and and so I, I learned a lot about trying to make a, a story compelling to the reader, trying to keep them interested. Just a, a, a big challenge all the way around that I really found intellectually uh, very challenging.
0: So, are you the writer that easily
1: for you to name your characters? Um. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did a lot of, um, a lot of uh, research and thinking about the character names. I, you know, part of it is, is well, when I write fiction, the, the thing that I'm always thinking about is I want to try and keep it somewhat tied to reality. But, but, you know, the reality is people don't want to read about normal people. They want you know, you you want to read about exceptional people. So you have to, you know, move between um, this line of trying to keep the suspension of disbelief with your reader, but yet also be able to give them something that they want to see, that they want to, um, you know, see in a person. And I, I think that's even down to the names. So I would use names that would... Um, I think that people may like, you know, so for example, that I had to pick names that I thought were common with the age range of these characters at the time period that the novel takes place. And um, and then there were other names I picked that um, were just based on, oh, like if, if, the, if the character was somebody that maybe was a protagonist, I might give them a, a less flattering sounding name. So. Uh, that was a lot of what I, you know, went into picking the names. So I was trying to pick popular and unpopular names, or names that were consistent with the time period that of the of the characters, but yet cool or interesting. The that you balance the
0: villain and the hero of your character.
1: So, in the in *Earn the Sunrise*, the um my heroes are, are definitely good guys. Um, And the bad guys are, I try and make the reader somewhat understand where they're coming from. I don't not saying that they're not like, I I don't try, I don't like uh, making it so that the, uh, the good guys are somewhat bad. They're just imperfect. And then the bad guys uh, in, in the story are, they're definitely imperfect, but they—I I do try and give the reader, uh, you know, I, I try and give a little bit of background, a little bit of understanding to to the villain because I—I I, I, personally I, I never like stories where the villains are so one-dimensional. I think that's poor writing, poor storytelling. Um, you know, the the typical what's the the metaphor that I see is people refer to them as the twisty mustache. Uh, you know, villain that you used to see in cartoons from years ago. That's that's not what I have. So my villains, they're definitely um, they definitely do bad things. And um, but I think the reader will have some understanding as to why what their motivations are and understand why they might be doing what they're doing. Yes, very well said,
0: Mister Scott. And thank you, Player FM, for being on the top five best book review podcast thank you so much so mr scott can you please invite our listeners to buy your book
1: oh sure no i appreciate that and i appreciate all you all those in colorado listening a beautiful state um like you mentioned all those towns and cities Uh, but if you want um earn the sunrise is currently available at amazon uh if you have a kindle um, the uh, Kindle Unlimited, then you can read it. Uh, you don't have to pay anything more than what you're already paying, but it's available as a paperback or as an ebook on Amazon.
0: Yes, people, let's support Mr. Scott because if you support him, he will give his best and more books to come, right, Mr. Scott? Right on. Yes. And thank you for your time, Mr. Scott.
1: Oh, thank you, Daniel. I, I I think this is a privilege. Uh, I appreciate being invited on. I, um, uh, and, and I definitely appreciate all the listeners out there for uh, taking the time today to listen in. Yes.
0: Thank you, Mr. Scott, for your time.
1: Oh, thank you, Daniel. Uh, once again, I appreciate being invited on.
0: What Morning, people. See you soon.